Did you say I, well, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Um, I did make the pot of TikTok. Amazing. Which I'm like. Oh, my God. We're on TikTok now. We're on TikTok. Attention, the, everyone. The, we are on TikTok. The funniest part was just because although it's for the pod, you know, I'm associating, like, my phone number with it. And, and so it's like, oh, who are your contacts? And it's staggering to me how many people are on TikTok. Yeah. I'm just like, wait a minute. You were all on this. And I didn't yeah. know it. Wow. Well, yeah, that's that's. I'm behind. That's yes, you are. I'm behind. Yes, you are. Chop, chop. Cool. Glad anyway, we, glad we agree. Yes. Uh, hey, Chelsea. Hey, Victoria. Uh, you know what I need tonight? Wait. Breath fresh movie. Oh, me too. Yum. Mm. Or, order it up. Yum. This is a Breath of Fresh movie, a weekly podcast where me, Victoria Harley, and me, Chelsea Pope, we watch a movie neither one of us has seen before, and then we talk about it. And we may not talk about everything, but we're going to talk about anything, so ding, 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 spoilers ahoy, mateys. Yeah, very good. That's there. It'd be too late to alter course. That's right. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess they can. No, they can't. They can't. They can't. 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 You try to change the station. You're right. This is Breath of Fresh movie. Change the station. You cannot escape. You cannot come out. Go ahead and try to turn us (laughs) off. Uh, Today's episode is about the 1934 drama of Human Bondage, directed by John Cromwell. Meow. Just going to say, a lot of false advertising. There's no bondage. Yeah. So. It sounds sexy, though. It sounds really sexy. But sounds sounds. They should really just call it like of human guilt, because I yeah. feel like that's kind of like what the the bond the bondage part. Just it, if it was yeah. called of human bonds, of emo- no uh, one of, would be of, a, uh, of human emotional hostage. Human yeah. emotional hostage. Uh... An English medical student with a club foot abandons his artistic aspirations and then falls in love with Mildred Rogers, a callous and manipulative waitress. But I kind of love her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's... uh, Checkpoint Chelsea. That's really... I I mean... Can't spoil it. It's just about... Just a fucking movie. It's just... It's... This one's one of those... This isn't going to blow your mind, the story. No. It's a coming If anything, of, it's kind of confusing. It's a guy who is defined by, and it's based on the book too, a guy yeah. who defines himself by his relationships with these women. And he's got the clubbed foot, the inadequacy of, of himself mm-hmm. with that and how he mm-hmm. becomes uh, so love struck and, and easily cucked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so easily because he's a, he's an insecure little banana. He's a bit, like I immediately was like, am I supposed to be invested in this guy? Because I'm not. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure in your notes, uh, you, you'll you'll talk, you'll expand more on the book. But it, I was curious because the book is yeah. pretty substantial, and this movie's only an hour twenty two, and it's really focused solely on the Mildred the Rogers. Mildred thing. Whereas the book, my impression, it's much longer. It, yeah, it's much longer, and it's much more about his. Uh, how he comes into his own he defines himself through these relationships and uh you know i didn't read the book i just watched this movie it doesn't it it sounds like he he has maybe a little bit we get a little more uh nuance in his perspective he is not just this uh like this sick codependent guy. This is very like 500 days of summer before 500 days of summer. But also like 
not totally accurately because at least in 500 Days of Summer, Zoe Deschanel's character was not um, not a feisty bitch. Yeah, but we love her for it, Betty Davis. In oh this. yeah, yeah. And yeah, you're watching it for her, just like and just like uh, what we watched, the Little Foxes, pretty mm-hmm. much for her. Yeah, and Rain uh, for Joan and, Crawford. And Rain for Joan. Yeah. So yeah. you know, this is one of those. It's one of those. Um, yeah, this isn't this isn't something that you that's gonna you're gonna be spoiled by necessarily for knowing Thank that you, um, yeah. he gets in this toxic relationship. Um, it's only one way that can end. Yeah, because he, uh, you know, he's he's just as complicit in, in in putting her on this pedestal, and she's she's pretty straight up from the get with him. So just it's, and just like with Five Hundred Days of Summer, these yeah. are guys who just they want to idolize this unavailable woman. Yeah, who um, makes it very plain that yeah. they're not interested. Yeah, but then they. Because the guy is so available, so willing and and eager to be stepped on, you know, she takes advantage of that. Yeah, and uh, he 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 becomes a little bit of a bitch for it. He really does. And then uh, by the by the end of the film, um, sorry, um, no, by the no. end of the film, he he basically. And again, I did a little, I did some light research on the book this is based on, but the way the movie ends, it really does, it strongly reminded me of 500 Days of Summer because he like, he finds out about Mildred basically torpedoing and then he just straight up is like, I want to marry you to this next woman. Like he just keeps proposing to women. He's just a serial monogamist. Also, what happened to Nora? I don't know, like, but that's the thing. He just kind of... He's just it, moved on. It's just all these disposable women. Yeah. You know? And, I was like, Nora and, loved you, and yet... Yeah, because could. because as much as he... As as bitchy as he was about Mildred, especially towards the end, yeah. um, that he 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 wants the pursuit. And we, yeah. we're supposed to act as though he's, he's freed from her. That's the way that they talk about it. But really, he's just... He's just, he's just trying to he's shove just jumping, else in the He's just hole. jumping from his summer to his autumn here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's what it made me think of. So he's not necessarily, at least in the film, and again, yeah. book seems different, but at least in the film, um, just ki- yeah, kind yeah. of kind of a pile of goo. Not 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 <laughs> not whole much yeah. not a whole lot going on there. Yeah. Is it like in King of the Hills? Like it's kind of a pile of mud. You can't build them up, but you can't break them down or yeah. something. He talks <laughs> when they're talking about Bobby. Yeah. You can't build them up. Yeah, it's like problem. I can't build them, build them up, but you can't break them down. That's true. That's I guess you can break this guy down. I mean, you're right in that. I I actually didn't do really any looking into the book. I was like, I'm just gonna focus on the movie. But, I was, but the thing I yeah. heard was that the Mildred Rogers, which is Betty Davis's character, sure, is but one episode in a long novel. Exactly. Of a and life. so again, the book is pretty thick, and and you go, you know, I went on YouTube, was trying to look for more, um, just a little more research and Love review about you. and the people a lot of people have opinions about the book yeah but the movie it's it's, very different it, there's not as much out there uh well, not as much easily searchable at least by way of youtube i should yeah. say um and then people are holding these thick ass copies and it caught my attention that somerset mom uh-huh. is the author because sure. you know they're pretty prolific and well known and mm-hmm. it just makes me think of that song one night in bangkok yeah Sweet, sweet. Uh, was it was tea girls warm and sweet Somerset up in the Somerset mom sweet. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I had to learn all the lyrics to that for uh, uh, Somerset for, mom is from chess. It's like the su- hit flop musical chess. It's such Somerset a- mom sweet. Somerset mom sweet. It's like just that. a name that you know you hear it, you see it, and you're like Somerset mom. 
It's one of those, like, there's so many extra letters in mom. <laughs> like, it could be M-A-M, but instead it's like M A. U-G-H-A-M? Yeah, they just made it all complicated. It's like Ted Shaw. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, Mad it's Men. a lady in the Midwest, uh, Kaylee, with like two Gs and an, an extra and a, Y, yeah. an X for some reason. <laughs> they spell Chelsea all kinds of ways now, too. Chelsea with an E-I-G-H at the end. I've seen, I've seen that. Wow. More power to you out there if that's the case, but that's not going to be, I'm sure, you know, that yeah. took some time to just to, to write out, you know. Yeah. Well, people want to be different and individual, so. You know. That's, that's one way to try to Okay, Somerset that. Mom, <laughs> look, at, look at you. I'm just saying. Uh, Somerset Mom and Evelyn Waugh. Like, it's like the, those Waugh. two. Waugh Mom. Waugh Mom. That's a, that's like a. No Waugh no cry. <laughs> That Maybe you me, should cut that. No, I like that. That made me laugh. We're keeping okay, that. Okay, okay. Okay, so this movie begins, like, in Paris. I mean, just... And and we get, like, this brief window into, like, oh, I'm a painter, but it invites a very... He's nice, a sort of, like, you find out that he's, type dude. Yeah, and you find out, basically, that he's like, oh, you're not talented enough. So his yeah. fallback when he fails at painting is becoming a doctor? Well, yeah, well, the way that someone was describing in the book is that that is the route he went but then someone else was he had he had basically an artistic type of mentor figure that got it, got that it. says hey you know you should explore your artistic interests more like he had an inclination okay. but he didn't hone it i see and so then he has because this was very has, uh, like shutty downy i mean he's like you know you you don't want to be told you're mediocre to, like 40 years too late so i'm right. like oh so but then the p- the pictures stay up, and there's Whereas, a whole conversation about the pictures being up, right? And, you know, so I'm like, oh, so I guess he's this is like a part of him. But the and film it could doesn't be that maybe that was the intention well. of the scene, but it doesn't quite come off that there's way. There's a lot of things that don't come off right. Like just I think a, it's just, just this is not going to be like the book. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. So just put that idea aside. We're um, really we're really just waiting for Betty Davis. Really, like truly, every scene, always. And, and he's so uh, he kind of reminded me of an even. He he's like Ashley from uh, uh, Gone with uh, the Wind. Gone with the Wind, but yeah. like n- no seasoning. No, and that's, none. And then none. That's, and that that's saying something. He so it's <laughs> the actor Leslie Howard is playing the character Philip Carey, and Leslie Howard is so boring. And it's so funny because he was this very respected. Like I mean, in you know, it, he's a good. I mean, it's not that he's a bad actor. I think it's more just not, the story, and there's not much to. Yeah. I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think, did a fine enough job. I keep comparing it because I, I feel like it's a similar. Comparison. It's a similar dynamic. This woman is not interested. Yeah. You are being so whiny. Yeah. And and just it, it's a one note. It, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. you know, it you well, you have so you have you have only so much space. Every time Philip like helps her and forgives her it's like that friend that you have that's like i should leave you know my husband or my boyfriend yeah and you're like yeah girl do it like if you're unhappy and then they don't or they just like you know repeat the same mistakes like over and over again it's like that very frustrating experience of watching somebody just be their own like worst enemy (laughs) yeah that codependent uh enabling behavior you know what i'm gonna say Mm. if I like to every every few episodes. I like to remind you guys. I really enjoyed the movie Babylon, mm-hmm. and there's uh, the you know the main character. There's some some criticism mm-hmm. that um, he was underwritten, mm-hmm. and I would actually say and that you know he's kind of this uh, not 
not cuck per se, but like he's he's very uh, accommodating of Margot Robbie's, uh, n- you know, self-destructive Nelly character. And I would say, you know, you watch these side by side and you just like there's so much there's mm-hmm. so much range and flavor. You see you see a lot more mm-hmm. with a lot less there yeah. than a movie like this one where it's entirely about that dynamic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, no, that being point. said, it's fine. That's my, my first impression of it. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, I hear you. It's not like I watched it twice because I was the first time, I think, uh, the first time I watched it, I I think it just was like, I, I just, I'm not, I'm just going to sit here. I don't know if I was tired or Sad. I mean, it's only an hour 22. It's only an hour nice. 22. It's an yeah. easy watch. But I just watched it to watch it. And then I went back and watched it again, and I felt like I had more, I was much more, like, engaged with it and yeah. feeling reactions to it. It's, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, but in, in the way the editing works, at times it can be very confusing. Like, this dress that he buys her, she wears in many scenes that it's like, oh, wait, is this not the same Well, day? he's having a lot of fantasy sequences, too, too, in his head, which I found... That was very hard to parse what was real and what wasn't. I mean, I just... Uh, I just It just felt like the movie was already so short, and we're spending a lot of it just watching him in his mind's eye, imagining her and him dancing and But I wondered if that laughing. was... Like, some of those I know were imagined, but sometimes I think maybe just the dissolve or the cut I don't think they like had the grammar right because there's like a scene. Yeah, where, so it's a little ambiguous yeah, what happened and what didn't. Exactly here, here and there. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. whether that's intentional or not, it's sort of like it doesn't seem uh, maybe clear. perhaps over time just didn't quite didn't quite doesn't work. quite translate. Um, I also thought it was just funny that okay, so right, he goes to this medical school, which is like what Saint Bastards are saying because they're so Saint mean. They're so <laughs> mean to everybody. Saint Bastards. Saint Bastards. They're so cold. Should do something about that fucked up foot you got, man. Yeah. Like, you know, just uh, all this. Oh, you ca- try to be an artist too. This case isn't that Loser. interesting. Can you show us your fucked up foot instead? <laughs> um, also, that kid had a way better attitude about his club foot than the older man. Yeah, like, he's like, oh, you just let him get to you, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, dude. Yeah. Um, also, just yeah, they were so icy to their patients. Um, also, I love that his friend is like, "You've been to Paris. Help me get a woman." Like France and Paris are just synonymous with banging, I guess. I guess, <laughs> like, yeah. That's just that that implication that that's going to be the you'll know things. You've you been know, to France, so it's I. You know, you get that. It's it, not you know. Hence the reminders I have of like a like a Toulouse esque figure who's right. someone drawing mm-hmm. these these women that yeah. you know. Uh, 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 I mean, Toulouse was a great artist, but oh, you know, yeah, you yeah, think yeah. of like uh, he, that that is that. Word. I imagine this is how he would imagine himself the protagonist yes feel it totally um so yeah yeah i mean the and then he draws that picture of her in the which didn't look anything like her right i'm like dude you, yeah no yeah you are mediocre yeah <laughs> like sorry that's betty davis you didn't get any of the eyes right yeah, you gotta go back to st bastards go back to st bastards <laughs> go, back to your, go back to your medical practice oh my god so ridiculous <laughs> um also, at one point, when he first meets her, he basically tells her to smile more. Not in those words, exactly. Yeah. But I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, and she's also a waitress, which is a job that, like, you yeah. know, it's a forced, it's such a forced uh, hospitality. Like, it's a, it's a forced dynamic of pleasantry with men who can, like, interpret, like, misinterpret that or, yeah. or misconstrue that. Um, or, or just take take advantage of of yeah, you know. being in a profession. You know, they know they have the power. Yeah, you know that they. Yeah. You know, well, I have to be nice to you while you yeah. are 
telling me to smile more Ugh, and, and oversharing yeah. about your ex-wife and all this, Ooh. this, that, and the other. Ooh. You know, it's it's um, oh, Chelsea. You know, it's it's it's, it's it's several shades lighter than escort service, of course. But of it's, you but know, it has an element of emotional. There labor. is that mm-hmm. emotional labor of being a waitress, is, and she's clearly and she's, working that other guy. Yeah, That's like she's laughing at his jokes. She's getting like the extra tips. I mean, he did. I feel like end. this guy's kind of dumb. I mean, like, <laughs> like that's how I yeah. feel. I'm like smart enough to go to film school, well, not film school, medical school, um, yeah. but not. I also thought it was funny that that same dude that she was working like later. This dude is basically the sexual rival to our main character. Yeah. And even he takes him aside at one point and is just like, don't be such a pussy. Yeah, he's like, well, he. I think he he's a little more clear headed about the situation. He's aware he he just under he, he knows what I'm he's better doing. better at using women. Exactly. That's <laughs> literally his that's, I, mean, I mean sure, but like that's the thing is he's he knows He knows what he's doing. He's he's just he's a little more worldly. Yeah, his heart is not in this. It's yeah. just just a bit of fun. Like when he shows her like he's like, "Well, but you you married her." And he's like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> no, I married this woman. He like digs for her portrait under a pile of books and yeah. paper. There's a what? And it it was like the frumpiest. You know, I'm sure she was lovely, but the joke was clearly like, "No, this guy's just fucking around on the side yeah. like, because men are pigs and, you know, it's London and that's what people do sometimes. Yeah. Pigs or cucks? Pigs and cucks, yes. Take your pick. It's like mothers and whores. In this pigs movie, and cucks. at least that's the that's the <laughs> depiction we got. That is. Um also, okay, just another one of these moments where he's being really huffy. He wants to take her on a date. And she's mm-hmm. like, clearly making, like, no, I'm not that interested. Yeah. Goes and buys theater tickets anyway. Oh, yeah. And then he's a little bitch and rips them at the table. Yes. That's so annoying. I hated him. She's like, why'd you go and do She's like, and why'd she's you like, go and do that? And then he's like, well, I was only going to go with I you. I only got them That's for such your a sake. Off. I only got them for your sake. That's so gross. I'm like, well, fuck you then. Like, I didn't ask you to I do I mean, it. honestly, the fact that I she was being. <laughs> She was being prickly, and at a certain point, I would have been, like, scared a little bit. Oh, a honest, little worried. Well, I mean, honestly, like, let's empathize with her in this situation. And oh, it's yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's, a little, that's a little much. Um, mm-hmm. I do think there's that, that phrase, gentleman in every sense of the word, comes up again and again in this way. And then eventually he's kind of like, I don't care about being a gentleman. You know, I mean, she's cockney. She's like, she's, and I mean, some people think the accent is terrible, but I heard Betty Davis talking about... This character is Cockney, but she's trying to sort of put on airs. Right. So, she, so that's it, what makes that that like that the one scene that you see spliced up like a bajillion times again on YouTube when I'm trying to look for analysis, and it's just a bunch of cuts of though I wipe your kiss from my mouth. Scene. Yeah, yeah. Because that's when you just see it really let loose. Because at that point, yeah. she's no she's, longer doing that. I I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind. And then it's like, oh, I've, I've turned off your mouth that, and I'll do you. We laugh at you. I disgust you. I disgust you. <laughs> she decided. It was good to see it, like to actually see that scene that it's from, because I remember it from the Be Kind Rewind. Exactly, yeah. And uh, it was like, what is she saying in this yeah. scene? And it's so, yeah. I just wipe her, your kiss off her, my like, mouth. Her like cocked eyebrow. Like it's oh, just she, a very great scene. Oh, she's uh-huh. delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and she delivers the hardest speech in like the softest look. Like, she's got on this, like, silk nightgown. Because she was a moment yeah. before trying to seduce him, and he shuts her down, and that's what does it. Like, she's, like... And, he's, and like, she's not even doing anything particularly no. offensive. And at that point, he's, like... 
And I'm like, what he are says you, you fucking douchebag? He says you disgust oh, yeah, me. Oh, no, like, yeah, let him have it. Yeah, I'm like, uh, you had this coming. We're supposed to like this guy? I, that's That was the issue I had the whole time was I'm like, and it's not just because I know this is My little douchebag. Such, <laughs> such an important Betty Davis role, but it just, it, it really is like she does walk away with the picture. I don't really feel invested in him. I, I just, and even though she does things like, you know, she trashes his apartment and like takes yeah. a knife to the paintings. We love watching her do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's alive. Yeah, he deserved worse. <laughs> he really did. Give him a second club. Oh, I mean, she, at one point she literally, he's like, if you don't go out with me tonight, you'll never see me again. And she's like, mm-hmm. good riddance to bad rubbish. Yeah. He still doesn't that. get it. He still doesn't get yeah, it after he, that. Does, he doesn't get it by the end. He just immediately proposes to, to another woman. woman. Yeah. And, like, he was about to go take that, like, I was going to be a ship's doctor and travel the world for, like, a year before, which probably would have been a good idea, actually. Yeah, this guy's, a, this guy's a flaky little banana. No. And then he's like, no, I'm going to give you your wedding present now by marrying mm-hmm. you. Anyway, whatever. Anyway. Um, I think some dudes just want their balls crushed. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I learned from this movie. Yep. Uh, there's other things that go on. I mean, the fact that he proposes, it's like she's about to break up with him. when he It's like, oh. And then he becomes so disillusioned. There's this, like, sequence of him wandering the streets. Like, oh, my God, what has happened? Yeah. Everything is upside down. But I do think one of the best, uh, or, again, one of those moments that I'm like, dude, you are the master. You are the architect of your own misery. He brings in a friend to be the amusing, he basically sets his wife up, or this woman, I don't know if they ever got married or not, did they? I don't, I, you don't know, he kept unclear. saying, I love you, I want to marry you to like every woman in this, I know, I know. In this movie. But like Griffiths, his friend, oh, sure. yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. I'll just say it, he's my best supporting player, because he had a lot of energy. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. He, support, he, I, he came I agree. off the screen. I agree. But um, he basically sets her up on a date with him in front of him. Yeah. And then gets mad at the guy and then they end up running off together. She's like, we laughed at you. We laughed at you. Oh, my oh, God. She Fuck really yeah. just twists the knife. It's so good. And then in that whole thing, um, there's this whole, like, but you're rather cold. And that sort of thing doesn't mean anything to you. And she's like, that's what she think. <laughs> you know? yeah. And all this is to say, like, the cold thing, I'm like, frigidity. Yeah, it's totally like a, it's a subtle little reference there, right, to just this idea. There was this thought that women could be frigid. It's bullshit. But this idea that, like, you just don't like sex. You're just a cold person. Yeah. And that's kind of what's being implied. And she's letting him know, no, this pussy gets wet. And like, I don't know. Yeah. It just made me, it made me think of Ben Shapiro, like when uh, Wet Ass Pussy came oh, out. Yeah. And he was like, my wife says like, that actually means you're sick. You yeah, know? so gross. It's the greatest cell phone. It just reminded me. I feel like I got a poor one out for his wife's. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, what happened to Nora, Nora, who was the anti-Mildred, who's like, you know, oh. knew everything, supported herself, was smart, supported him, made him study, because mm. it supposedly it was Mildred who was the reason he failed his exams. Oh. He blamed everything on her. Uh, Griffiths, yeah, London Cat, Horn Dog. They always eat at the same restaurant. Um, timeline was muddy. She starts reading his mail. I thought that was kind of fun, watching uh, her like, use, fun. use the steam to, like, unseal the envelopes and, like, she, like, ripped up his fucking shares of whatever inheritance. Anyway. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. Um, oh, okay. One last thing I just got to mention. Okay, at the end, there's this whole scene, right, where, yeah, like you're saying, it's, like, 500 days of summer. He just moves on to this next girl. But there's this whole scene right, right at the end where they're crossing the street. Yeah, and it's all the, the traffic while they're talking. And I'm like, is that supposed to mean something? I don't. Is it supposed to be just, like... Oh, it doesn't matter what he's saying because the point is that, like, it's not 
he's just going on about his life without her or something like I mean or were they covering or I was gonna I was gonna ask well once you get to your projection oh, notes, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the near future oh I don't know if I have an answer for this question oh, okay so. because well because that's what I'm like is were they covering up something no idea or is that supposed to be a joke I don't get Am I supposed to, I am, or is this supposed to have some sort of deeper meaning about him having moved on? Because, yeah, he leaves the hospital. He's walking. It's he's like crossing he's, the street with his lady, his new lady love. And it's just like. Sally. And they're talking and they're talking. And we're just like, I guess it doesn't fucking matter. It's like. The, like he's moving on with his it's life. It's like the Lost in Translation whisper. We're not supposed to hear it. I yeah, guess. but like, like stupider. I, way stupider. Because I'm also like, wait. I don't know if we liked this. I mean, I I do. It's because of Betty Davis. But I have like it's almost because of what goes on behind the movie, and then that that like you you discussed me like yeah. that whole speech is like what you're waiting for. Where it's which just it's just her movie and all it's this her other movie. stuff. Yeah, it's just because that's my that's how I look at that scene. It's just like. Well, might as well just be a bunch of traffic noises. I don't give a fuck what these people I mean, are saying. True, she's gone now. True, true, She's true, true. gone. I'm with you. I mean, at that point, I'm like, uh, is this supposed to be a happy ending? Oh God, this is how it ends. Okay, great. Yeah, it literally is supposed just, to be a happy. This ending. is the happy ending. Real cute. Um, yeah. But the whole horn thing, I'm like, but the cop is like watching them cross. I'm like, are they actually holding up traffic? Like, are they being the most oblivious assholes right now? And like, not that that's actually the comment. Oh, what? God, Christ, what an asshole. Like, damn, like, do you not hear that? <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think it was trying to be like a clever attempt for it to be like, clearly he's coming. He's telling her some important deep truth, but we don't need to know what it is. If I don't know, it was very confusing or just really lazy. I'm I don't sure. know, and I don't care. <laughs> it won't respond to it. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't understand the question. I'm not going to respond to yeah, it. Yeah. There we go. There you go. All right, continue. Mm. Well, any last like thoughts? No, no, I think I think we yeah yeah you we are can, done. We can move. On. You've been done. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> okay. So this was a scripted RKO, um, and no actress wanted the role because it was so unlikable. So Irene Dunn turned it down, Catherine Hepburn turned it down, Anne Harding, pretty basically all the big actresses at RKO. Director John Cromwell wanted Betty Davis. He saw her in a couple of things and was like, oh, maybe we could get her since nobody wants it. Like, I think she could do it. Betty Davis really wanted it. Like, she saw the script and was like, holy shit. Yes, I can dig into this. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, she's like, a part I can sink my teeth into is, I think, the phrase. Um, So she begged Warner Brothers to loan her out. They refused. So she had to, like, beg and beg and beg for months and months. Like, haunted Jack Warner's office, which show up at the same time as the shoeshine boy in the morning, Mm -hmm. all that. Finally, they let her go just to, like, shut her up. Uh, So she goes over. She spent two months um, having a woman who had a Cockney accent in her employ so that she could study the sounds and all that. Oh, she didn't tell her, though. She, I don't know what yeah, she was sure. doing for her, but yeah. secretary or something. Um, now, Leslie Howard and the entire cast were, uh, apart from Betty Davis, were English. It was shot in America, but they formed a pretty tight little clique, mm. and she was very much outside of it. Mm. Um, to the point, like, when she when they would have scenes together and it was time for her to get her close-ups, he wouldn't stick around to, like, give her, her the lines or he, yeah. or he'd be like throwing them at her from a chair while he's like reading a magazine like yeah was, so i mean you know there's just there's just no chemistry there no. to even make this remotely compelling bingo and 
the thing is, you know, I think he thought he was like undercutting her or helping to like make her seem. But basically, at some point, the director's like, the kid's running away with the picture. <laughs> yeah, she's she fully is. She is. She still make her own magic because she's that good. Yep. And yeah. that's when Leslie Howard started like showing up finally. Yeah. And, like, oh, I do have to do. You better show up. I do need to show up. Step up. Um, and just can. And what's funny is Davis, her own estimation of his abilities. I have a quote here. Um, her describing. Philip, the character. Uh, Philip's whimpering adoration in the face of Mildred's brutal indifference was difficult for me to believe, but it was Mr. Howard's problem and not mine. <laughs> like, so competitive in that, like, so I'm not going to help you. I'm yeah. not helping your performance, which I'm not trying to do the, the Betty versus Joan thing, but that's where Joan Crawford, I think, would have been different. She, and people would have interpreted it as controlling, but she yeah. would be like, no, you can't be the, this isn't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, whereas yeah. Betty Davis is like, I'll let you hang yourself. Yeah. I'll be great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I sort of respect both perspectives, if I'm being uh, honest. Yeah, no, we picked up on that. Um, Davis did her own makeup, which is pretty critical for those latter scenes. She mm-hmm. really, I mean, the the last two, I'll call them looks, <laughs> that she has are, are really, wow. Yeah, they stand out. And, I mean, I showed um, just a, a screenshot of the, the last, the, the, the first shot of the last time we see her. Mm-hmm. And I showed it to Mike, and he was just like, oh, damn. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it is, it's intense. And I, Davis in her uh, memoir, she described herself as the female Marlon Brando of her generation. And I got to say, she's not. No one, not else, no one else is stepping up to the plate. All right. I don't think she's wrong. At first I was like, oh, that's a little silly. But then I'm like, ah. Who else? Who else? Who else? And she's a woman too. Who else? So anyway, yeah. Betty Davis, we love her. Um, she had done 21 films before of human bondage and worked very hard. She said two years of posing as Miss Fourth of July and Little Miss Clothes Horse for the fan magazines. Two years of yeah. hard work and indignities and a rival studio, not Warner's, gave me my true beginning. So interesting that RKO believed in her more than you know her own stu- the studio yeah. she was contracted with. So um, I have a few more things. There was a lot. There's a lot going on with this movie outside of it so it came out in june 1934 literally the next month the production code is instituted so this is one of the last films to sort of one of the last pre-codes that's right so there are themes in here you're not going to see in other movies things that are addressed they still cleaned it up a little i mean like she's supposed to have syphilis but in the movie i guess it's tuberculosis although i didn't hear anyone say anything yeah i mean i don't know if that was on the chart just leave it they leave it pretty ambiguous yeah um there's also, like, the big Oscar flack around this, which right. is that, so, you know, it's the seventh year of the Academy Awards, and typically each category can only have three nominees. And among the three nominees, Betty Davis was not included, neither was Myrna Loy, and both for Thin Man and Betty for this. And people were outraged, particularly about Betty. Mm-hmm. And um, the Academy was already kind of, like, very adversarial with many aspects of Hollywood, um, like the WGA and mm-hmm. SAG and the DGA. Um, they were basically saying, if you want to be in the Academy, you have to quit your union. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to be eligible for any of these awards or anything. Mm. So they ended up losing half their members right. in the Academy because people were like, fuck you. And they wow. actively worked to disrupt negotiations between those talent groups and the studios. Aye, aye, aye. Um, so all this went down, and they decided last minute that the final ballot of, for the Academy Award voters would have a write-in section. 
And so Betty Davis is thought to have been, you know, the, the biggest writing candidate. However, the award was still given to Claudette Colbert because that was the year that it happened one night, swept the Academy Awards and yeah. just picked up everything. It was good. It was just gonna. It's a great movie. It's just a solid movie. It's a very I, I definitely like that movie more, more than, than this. this. One. Yeah. Oh, same. I'm 100% well, with you. Well, they also there. have chemistry. I mean, her oh, and Clark Gable, like, so they, much they, fun they're to actually, watch. like, enjoying each other. Well, whether they liked each other or not, they still, they, they, they looked like they liked they each other. They worked well. We actually got to see a lot of scenes of them side by side sparring yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah um, much better no this. so i don't i don't i get why it's a more compelling story yeah i get though why people were were frustrated and what ended up happening was you know it all went down now if you actually go on the academy website today betty davis is technically listed as the fourth nominee mm-hmm. but that's like interesting that the academy in hindsight wants you to think yeah, they no, definitely want to no, borrow that club. they want to borrow that's all they do now now that, the, now that she baked the bread they want to slice they want to so help they wouldn't help her bake that bread that's they wouldn't help right. her get the grain yeah there was also another element to the academy pissing people off which is the critics were also outraged by in general they didn't like the academy because they felt like you are putting too much politics into this it should be about the art and who had the best performance and you're fucking the shit up yeah so the critics when betty davis wasn't nominated also threw a fit mm-hmm. wrote a ton of pieces in her favor so although her performance is great it is fair to say though that she was a kind of like bit of dynamite that she people was a were provocateur. Able, she was a she was sort of a figure that people it was an example of everything that was wrong yeah. right like she was this so i think she and she said herself, I got way more publicity not being nominated than if I had been nominated and won. This was a good thing for her. This worked she really. Made, she really made this work for her. And the Academy Awards from then after had Waterhouse Prowse, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Waterhouse Price do the voting and make sure there was no shenanigans. Because people at that point were like, Betty Davis had to have won. There's mm-hmm. no way she didn't win. And yet she still didn't win. Yeah. So... It, what gives? It caused a lot of change yeah. to happen. And it was caused the formation also of the New York Critics Circle Awards, which, I mean, they didn't, they don't rival Academy Awards today. But, you know, good for them for being like, fuck you, we'll start our own thing. Yeah. Um, so I just, nothing changes. That's basically what I'm getting at with all this. Time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. Um, so the film, uh, when it came out, like I said, one of the last pre-codes, um, it got placed on the Catholic Church's condemned list. So that's a great badge of honor, I cool. think. And uh, yeah, I, I think apart from a few changes, it's, uh, it's pretty much as, as racy and fun as it's going to get. There you go. Um, review time. Okay, Reviews. yeah. Um, this has a very solid... Uh, Everybody has a very polite, like, roughly three-star rating for this on Letterboxd, I've noticed. I think... That is polite. I think it's very polite. I think this is all just... It's a lot of love for Betty Davis in particular. She inspires it. Yeah, let's see. We got Todd, three and a half stars. Some dude talking to Betty Davis, colon, you disgust me. (laughs) Me, colon, can't relate, fellow guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Let's see. Uh, That's good. Good one. Hold on a second. Let me see. I mean, there's some four stars, but again, a lot more three, um, I would say. Four is generous. I think four is way too generous. I would give this two. I would give this two and a half, honestly. We got another three. Oh, wait, no. This is three and a half stars from Aaron. Okay, so imagine a movie with Betty Davis about actual bondage. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Darren, there's no star. It just says, ladies and gentlemen, her. 
parentheses pre-code Betty Davis. Yeah. I mean, she she is the movie. Uh, yeah, three stars. And this is this is what I would would have put is mm-hmm. just I don't mind. <laughs> um, that's good. And then let's just see uh, over in the Rotten Tomatoes uh, terrain. Let's just see that one really. Cool. So 86% critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but there's only 14 reviews. 2,500 plus reviews, 69% audience score. So, you know, I think we're, I think, yeah, the three star, again, for me, two and a half. Um, it's like pretty, pretty, pretty solid, I would say. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, Josh Larson for Larson on Film, three out of four stars. What makes of human bondage interesting is how unapologetic Davis is. Yes. Um, Let's see, and uh, Helen Brown Norton from Vanity Fair said, I think great credit should go to Betty Davis for attempting such a role in the first place and then for daring to carry it through with such a fierce consistency, extracting from it every last nuance of unpleasantness. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, uh, Phil Hall, three out of five. It's technically a, ro- a splatter, but yeah. I am, I, I agree with him on this one. Strictly so-so on its own terms, but invaluable as Betty Davis's star launching platform, you know, as, as mm-hmm. we've already yeah. been discussing. Um, I mean, yeah, people really didn't know her as a... Um, yeah, yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah, just super reviewer, two and a half stars. I've heard a lot of good things about this movie, but when I saw it, I didn't understand it. Maybe I need to see it again, but I really thought it was dull and uninteresting. Um, it definitely, it feels like a 30s movie in the in that unfortunate it's way. Just, like it's just, it's fine. It's 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 a, it's about, it's, the, it's Betty Davis. It's Betty Davis. Like that's... Um, like who yeah, knows? and then we got you know the what is this room? Do you remember where it came from? The shorter mm, shit. That's okay. It's probably like the L.A. Times, but the shorter one I think is like the funnier one. Dramatic story to two be screened at Hill Street. <laughs> yeah, little, little tight cylinders. <laughs> yeah, I got a little snap happy on that uh, slap happy on that T. Yeah, of human bondage, dramatic screen drama with Leslie Howard and Betty Davis starred begins its first local showing tomorrow morning at the RKO Hill Street Theater. During the week's run, the theater management expects to play host to many Hollywood celebrities who will attend to view the spectacular performances of the stars, Miss Davis in particular. Heretofore recognized as a capable in June with no... Oh, ingenue. Ingenue <laughs> in June. Do you know what? These Leave people it. don't know how to fucking spell. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, heretofore recognized as an incapable, it's spelled I-N-G-U-N-E. It's, okay, anyway. Ingoon, in, in I'm going to say it the way you wrote it, with no great emotional depths, not you, the way they yes, typed yes, it. Yes. Betty Davis is credited in her new role with giving one of the highly dramatic portrayals of the year. Anne Harding and John Bowles will be seen in The Life of Virgie Winters for oh. the last time tonight. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that they were like, up to now, not really much of a star. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like so... Yeah, they used yeah. heretofore. I guess that's how as a, as a it. capable ingenue with no great emotional depth. Well, I guess she apparently had something to something yeah. to prove. And I think some of the those are just you know easy headlines. Yeah, like, so some headlines from all sorts of random places. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of them are from the like the Los Angeles Times. I found um, a lot of LA Times stuff. Let's see, Furore. <laughs> These people can't fucking spell. Furore. Furor arose when Academy left Betty Davis out. 
Many resent Academy's failure to pick Betty Davis for outstanding work. Hollywood is fussing over Best Actor Award. Many believe Betty Davis should have been nominated by Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Damn, this girl was, was she was eating. I'm telling you, she, the number of people who, like, she became this a... This is better. She yeah. became a symbol. She became a symbol for there everything that was wrong about the Academy, and people just got behind her. Yeah. And I'm like, that's very cool. Good for her. I'm happy for her. She go. definitely... Um, Sensational hit made by Betty Davis. A few in bondage also offers Leslie Howard at best. Yeah. <laughs> in the smaller print, like, yeah, 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 yeah. he's good too. Um, as a brunette, she couldn't get to first base, but as a blonde, she stepped up and made home run. Performance of human bondage wins praise. Good for her. She almost quit trying, then started something. Oh, man. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Anyway, um, yeah, furore. <laughs> furore. All right, a little bit about our director, John Cromwell, is in the chair this week. So I was like, John Cromwell, okay, this is an early movie. I bet I won't find a lot about him. It'll be real quick. Sure. God damn it, this guy has a long career. Okay. So I'm going to keep it, you know, terse. But um, I just want to begin by saying John Cromwell, who was an actor, theatrical director, and filmmaker. Is he related to James Cromwell? It's his son. Oh! James Cromwell is his son! That'll do, pig. Yeah. That'll do, pig. That damn Nepo, baby. That'll do, pig. (laughs) Uh, That'll do. So, John Cromwell was born Elwood Dagger. He changed his name eventually. Uh, Oh, that's a way cooler name. I mean, it is. Elwood Dagger, directed by Elwood Dagger. What a fucking name. He was uh, born in Toledo, Ohio, to a family of Scottish-English steel people but like affluent steel executives so he came from money but he didn't want any part of it and he immediately he finished high school didn't pursue higher ed mm-hmm. went and became an actor um started out in chicago eventually got to new york by the early 1920s that's when he changes his name to john cromwell he's about 26 years old he made his broadway debut in little women uh and it was big hit so he was in about 184 oh, okay. performances um, he worked with one of the best Broadway directors and producers, William S. Brady, on many, many things. I am not intimately familiar with like the old history of Broadway, but for those who might be listening who may, sure, you know this guy. He's a big deal. Um, his first directing job as a, on, on stage was right. uh, as The Painted Woman in 1913, but the play closed in two days. Oh, okay. So his first, first time out didn't go so well. He also went on to do Too Many Cooks in 1914, which is Too also Many hit. Cooks. Yeah. 223 performances. Right. I mean, just theater, it, theater really is like the Olympics. Which Olymp- is about how many cooks are in Too Many Cooks. Probably. Theater is the Olympics. I mean, it really is like, yeah. wow. Big like, deal. Wow. Just, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, he was part of the American premiere of two George Bernard Shaw plays, Major Barbara and Captain Brassbound's Conversion, which sounds great. Mm. He also directed Edward G. Robinson in The Racket when he was a real newcomer and very untried. But he, The Racket was about a guy who was a gangster. So Edward G. Robinson would go on to play that kind of type of character many, many times in his career. Uh, I just think it's interesting. He was there. Mm. He also, uh, John Cromwell, um, knew Humphrey Bogart when he was basically a kid hanging out at the playhouse and mm-hmm. cast him in something at one point. So wow. he has this really, you know, and what happened was 
you know, film went to sound and they started pulling people from Broadway to be dialogue directors yeah. because they're like, well, we got film people, but we definitely need somebody who knows how to work with actors and get them to say the right things at the right time. So he came over in the first couple of films he did were kind of co-directing with someone else. But he admits that he was like, I really relied on the camera people. Like I, I didn't, I still can't get a grasp of like the scope and the way that the camera gives you these options and a shot can completely change things. So um, he's very open about the fact that you know, I relied on my cinematographers. Um, uh, but he still had a really, like, incredible film career. Um, he was at Paramount Players Lasky, which became Paramount Publix. Then he went to RKO, then to United Artists, then 20th Century Fox. Um, but he kind of got disgusted, basically, with the Hollywood method of filmmaking. This is a common theme. Near the end of his career, it was when the House of Un-American Activities Committee started to pressure people, the blacklist was starting to be developed, and he was fairly socialist, and he sort of narrowly missed being a person of interest or somebody called, um, but just barely. Um, And because he missed that, he was able to keep his contract to RKO, but then literally like a week or two later, RKO was purchased by Howard Hughes, who was viciously anti-communist and really like shoved it down all of the employees' throats, like really, and so all the creative freedom RKO used to have just went out the window. Uh, again, these themes are familiar. And um, there's like this this project they bring to him. It just I have to read this. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, they just sent me a script and they said, this will be your next assignment. I looked at the script and the name was I Married a Communist. And mm-hmm. I thought, this is kind of funny. <laughs> I never read such a bad script in my life. The more I thought about it, the more convinced I became that it could never be made. <laughs> but I decided to stick it out. <laughs> That's great. So Sounds like he had a good sense of humor. He did. Um, he's made a lot of things. I'm not going to list them all, but here's just a brief list. Sure. The Dummy, The Texan, Scandal Sheet, The World and the Flesh, and Vickers, which was a pre-code. There was a lot of hubbub around that one because that's mm-hmm. about a woman who engages in extramarital affairs. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, wow. With a name like that. I know. And Vickers. Um, Spitfire of Human Bondage. Little Lord Fauntleroy. Uh, (laughs) Prisoner of Zenda, Algiers, Abe Lincoln in Illinois, Dead Reckoning, The Racket, The Goddess, and he was in Three Women. Oh. He he was a character. Uh, Mr. Rose, which I I don't remember. There were like five people in that movie, and I can't remember who Mr. Rose was. I was was looking at the pool. I was looking at the the murals too much. (laughs) The big, weird... uh, Lizard dicks. Yeah, still kind of the lizard women too much. Yeah, same. Lizard women. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's more or less James Cromwell. There's a lot more to know, but, it's, you know. It takes John some... Cromwell. John, thank you. James is his son, who we the love. Padre. From Babe. James Cromwell. Ellie Confidential. You said Little Lord Fondleroy or something, yeah, right? It's funny because I think there's... But little Lord Fuckleroy yes. is what uh, uh, what's his face says in fucking succession. succession. So, that's right. So, so that's a I I Matthew McFadden uh, could be a little knows, knows his, could be a deep cut stuff. Yeah, James Cromwell is a shit. Ellie Confidential. Lord Fuckleroy. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, maybe he isn't the one that says it. It might. It doesn't matter. He but, said, "Well, he says buckle up, fucklehead. Buckle up, fucklehead. There's a lot of great lines." Anyway, those writers. We're allowed to talk about succession because one person in that is related to the director. That's right. We can. It's there actually tangentially related. There you go. And it is interesting, though, because in succession, that character is pretty basically a socialist. Yeah. I mean, he's constantly like. So I, I think it's interesting that. Um, father's son. Father's son. Art imitating life, life imitating go. art. 
Who's your best supporting player? I think we said I agreed with yours yeah? because okay. I blanked on the name, but I, I agree. I wrote it down. Griffiths. Griffiths. He was a real. He's he was, a real chap. He was a real uh, tomcat. Yeah, he was a real tomcat. And uh, yeah, he really didn't seem to have a problem fucking his friends. His girl. I, th- <laughs> I think he had a. Good, it's just that movie could have used a lot more humor. You know, and we didn't ever. But we got some, at least. We got a little, but we got no. I'm blaming Leslie Howard. It's his fault. Yeah, this movie sucks because of him. It's because of him. Clearly, it's a good director, and everything. Clearly. Everything else is everything good. Everything else except- is fine. It's just Leslie <laughs> yeah. dragging it down. Leslie Howard. Leslie made all those cars I mean, honk. I didn't bother to look into what else Leslie Howard is in, but I'm like, I don't know this guy. I think he's also the he is also Ashley in Gone with the Wind. Oh, I is think. he really? I think they mention it oh. in one of those articles. I think it's the same actor. That's why I was like, he looks this. He's the oh, same. I think it's the same dude. Okay. You know what? <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody. Cares. <laughs> <laughs> no. Someone no, it's uh, fine. Someone could do Wow, um, these these are some real professionals. Well, I wasn't expecting that question. You know okay. what? We watched this for Betty Davis. We Deal did. with it. Yeah, we did. And um, you know, hats off to her because she's fucking funny. In her book. And I, I gotta say, like, um... Wipe your mouth! Wipe my mouth! Wipe on you! You just... I just you yeah. disgust me! Yeah. I disgust you. She says something... Her book, by the way, um, The Lonely Life. She has a couple of books. There's another mm. one called This and That. But The Lonely Life is what really goes through her career kind of from start to finish. Great book. And, you know, you can hear her in your head as you read it. But she said... Um, I just... There was something kind of very sarcastic about, you know... Wanting to be lent lent out by RKO, mm-hmm. you know, so badly, they wouldn't let her go. And she said, "Oh, you know, how could they? They needed me desperately for such historic milestones as the big shakedown and the man with the black hat." <laughs> <laughs> she would have said a good it much sense more. Of humor. She would, yeah, she would have been like, "Oh, how could they? <laughs> yeah, how could they?" Anytime I do a Betty Davis impression, I'm doing Martin Short doing Betty Davis. Yeah, that's it's, that's my not, confession. That's fine. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We're on TikTok. Yeah, dude, that's pretty cool. Only one. Look at you. Welcome to TikTok, Victoria. I, I followed you. You're gonna love it. Follow us on social media at Fresh Movie Pod, including TikTok. That's the new one. You can leave us a review. That's really helpful. Tell you a friend. Could, you go for a walk. You could drink a glass of water. Yeah, that, those are all acceptable activities. Um, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.